0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast with me, Leslie Thomas. Today is a guest episode, and I have another great guest for you. Eileen Adamson is on a mission to help teachers improve their financial well-being, allowing them to live happier, healthier, and wealthier lives. Her Your Money Sorted Teachers Podcast was highlighted in the top 10 self-improvement podcasts in 2021. Mum of three Eileen has over 28 years experience as a teacher, still teaches PE part-time, and is also co-host of the BBC Clever About Cash podcast. Eileen offers straight-talking, sensible strategies. She helps teachers to maximise their money, pay off debt, increase savings and plan more effectively for their future. Eileen knows that money is little to do with the figures and everything to do with feelings and emotions. So money mindset is a favourite topic of hers. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast, Eileen. It's great to have you here. Well, it's lovely to be here, Leslie. I'm so excited about speaking to you today. So am I. So I'm going to ask you the same question I ask all my guests. What is your money story?
1: Well, what is my money story? Um, It started off as a child, as everybody's money story does, and I was a very good saver. I liked saving money and um, I think money made me feel safe. I think having money in my piggy bank made me feel safe. And as I kind of went through my life as a teenager felt always quite secure and quite happy and always had money and if I wanted anything I had money to buy it and the same as a student really I worked really hard in my holidays and then when I was a student at college um, I always had enough money. I came out of uni with a wee bit of debt but not dra- dramatic but um, got rid of it very quickly because I didn't like debt And then I spent my first few years teaching feeling pretty good about money and having money in my pocket and just loving that feeling. And then when I got pregnant with my second child, it turned out it was child two and three. So suddenly we went from having um, one child to having three under two. And when I saw that scan picture, I mean, I think other people might have felt joy. I felt complete and utter horror. And my first words to my husband were, Oh, oh, we're going to need a bigger car. And how are we going to put three through university? And from that, uh, yeah, I know. I mean, that's, (laughs) I think that's my nature. I like to plan. And I think that um, I like to have my money planned out and what I'm going to do with it and things. And suddenly at that moment, I just felt completely out of control. And I think from then on, I then developed a poverty mindset. And what I did was I always felt poor. I always felt that we didn't have enough money. Part of that was because I became so insistent in putting so much away so that when it came to the stage, if we had three at university for a two-year period and then another two still there for two years, it was going to be six really hard years for us. And I became so focused on putting that money away that we maybe didn't have enough to live on in the meantime. But maybe maybe we did, but I'll come to that in a wee mm-hmm. minute. Um, but I then started saying no to everything, to the things that I wanted to do, to going on holiday with friends, to nights out, to weekends away. No, I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. It became a mantra. And that was just the way I, I lived my life. And I was I was miserable about it. And I kind of felt hard done to... I just, it didn't sit well with me. And that, we we also didn't have enough to be able to save up for like an emergency fund. I didn't have an emergency fund for the first time in my life because all the money seemed to go out each month and there just didn't seem to be enough. And it just, that lack of security just did not sit well with yeah. me at all. Um, and I hated that. And then... I met Denise Duffield Thomas. I don't know, do you? You'll know Denise Yes, I do. Absolutely. I, and I met, well, I didn't actually meet her. I just met her online, you know, found out yeah. about her. And I started reading about Money Mindset and, oh my goodness, I was like, right, this is what's wrong with me. It's There's nothing wrong with me. Um, it's it's my mindset that's wrong. And from then on, I've managed, I've changed my life. I've, I don't teach full-time anymore. I've got my own business um, and I still teach part-time, which I love, but I just am so much happier about money. Um, initially, we didn't actually have any more money, but the way I felt about me, the way I felt about money, the way I felt about the ability to make more money just changed for me. and. Um, it just it was transformative and that's now I'm now a money coach for other people and that was part of that Um, It's it's really interesting you mentioned
0: Denise there because I both Denise and I were um, trained by the same person Kendall Summerhawk in Money Archetypes Uh at at different timings Um, I I, I did it after Denise had, had done it because I was going to ask you do you know what your money archetypes are? Because I would very much be able to, I think, hazard a guess what your top
1: archetype was. Yeah, you'll be able to. You'll not be able to hazard a guess. You'll know absolutely. Accumulator. Yeah. yeah yes. Totally. Yeah. 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 So I'm a I'm accumulator ruler, which is obviously the both of them are quite strong. Yeah. Kind of, archetypes plus maverick as well um so that's my three money archetypes and i'm actually doing denise's um i've done the sma both with kendall summerhawk and with um denise as well yeah and i'm doing her live round just now which is fascinating oh it is absolutely
0: and um, i think once you and that is the beauty of understanding what your money archetypes are once okay. you understand what your money archetypes are you actually stop those characteristics from holding you back and where you said, you know, your desire to save was so strong that actually you weren't living in the moment. You weren't creating the memories. You weren't doing the things that you should have been doing because you weren't saving for next week or next year or even next decade. You were saving for a couple of decades after that. But once you realise that that is not serving you, then you are able to actually look at your behaviour and "Mm, I'm I'm thinking this, I'm doing that. But actually, how is that benefiting me? And it sounds to me like you totally woke up to how your behaviours were not matching up with your
1: values, essentially, and wanting to do something about it. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's exactly it. And when you say values there, that for me was one of the big transformations as well, was doing a values-based spending exercise and looking at what, what are my top values in life and then going through my spending for a three-month period and matching all my spending with my values. And I was going, oh, why? Why am I buying some of these things? Because they add not a jot to my life. They do not make me happy. I don't need them. They're not lighting me up, but I'm saying no to times with friends that would light me up, that would make me happy. And I think the thing that I found was that although we didn't have more money because I was spending it in a more um, aligned way to myself and to what our family values were, it felt like we were as rich as get out. And that's that's what I love. And for me, that's one of the most transformational things that I do with clients is values-based spending stuff. It's great. Absolutely. And I think as
0: well, once you actually realise you are the, the, ma- the mistress of your own destiny and you can either just sit and let life as you perceive it happen to you, or you can go out and do something about it. I think once you have that, that mindset shift, that says okay well i can sit here and be worried and be totally paralyzed by that worry or i can actually go and do something to take away that fear to give me that peace of mind that i need
1: in order to be living life in the way that i want to yeah no that 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 is absolutely it and it, it's about having the courage i think to to realize that you can change your own life. And the only person that really makes you miserable is yourself yeah. in the vast majority of cases. And in in a lot of situations, you can take actions that will change it. And for me, I think the personal development side of it, getting to know myself better and getting to know what makes me tick, what makes me happy, it it just makes all the difference. And the other thing that I find that it makes a difference to is you don't covet What other people have got, because you don't give two hoots, because you are so sure of what it is that makes yourself and your family happy. That looking, I mean, I look on Facebook and I genuinely don't care what other folk have got now. Whereas when I was at that period in my life, I felt hard done to because I felt other people had more and other people were able to do things that I couldn't do. But the only person that was putting a barrier in front of that was me. Yeah. Um and now I just, I'm not jealous, I'm not envious, I'm just happy, content. Yeah. And we just need to spread this word because it seems like a kind of magical pill, but it it's not. But people, there are so many people out there who don't know this information and who need to, and that's where what we are doing is. Great. <laughs> Absolutely,
0: and and I, and I do you know I do think that you know m- my mindset, money mindset, but mindset generically you know is a term that you know hasn't been around for a particularly long time. When I was younger, you know, it was called a positive mental attitude, you know, PMA. (laughs) And my mum definitely had, you know, a big dose of PMA, which she, you know, passed on in particular to me um, and also to my brother and sister, but in particular, I would say to me. And I think when you have the mindset that actually, and the understanding of mindset that you are responsible For your thoughts, you are having that internal conversation that is going on in your head and to not allow other people to influence that in a negative way. Because actually you are making a decision, subliminally probably, to allow them to infiltrate What is going on in your mind and dictate your thoughts. And when your thoughts are dictated to, that's when your actions become dictated to as well. And that is when you have a much bigger problem to deal with, because you then have to find a way to bring yourself back to you. And you seem to have managed that really effectively. How have you done that?
1: I think just by becoming aware of what makes me happy. And and just knowing that, just I think the values, I think what is important to me and I now spend based on that, but I don't need to think about that. I just know that spending money on biking things and outdoor things and spending time with friends is never going to be money wasted. Um, but I know that like, I don't need lots and lots of clothes because they don't really make me that happy um obviously some are good, but um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just the listeners know I not. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I do have some clothes on. <laughs> but I don't need lots of different outfits, I don't have that kind of shopping bug, I don't need lots of handbags. Do you know things like that just don't add any value to my life. Whereas going away on weekends with friends and going away biking with friends and stuff like that really adds value to my life and makes me happy and and I think we all need to drill down into what is it that makes me happy what is it that fulfills me that makes me feel peaceful and and once we know that let's spend the majority of our money on that stuff and let's not spend money on stuff that doesn't matter
0: yeah and I and I think again the important thing is there is to make your spending intentional mm. rather than making it something that you just fall into it's a little bit like enjoying a meal isn't it if you're just going to for the sake of it Shove a meal down your throat, not appreciate the tastes and the flavours, and then have the guilt afterwards because you've just consumed, you know, a load of calories, or to think mindfully about I'm going to enjoy every mouthful of that food. I'm not going to feel guilty because it's a beautiful meal, it's been well cooked, I'm enjoying it with family, I'm enjoying it with friends, and I'm not going to have any guilt because I'm being intentional in enjoying Uh the moment. And I think it's exactly the same when it comes to spending money you know I I am not about saying to you know my clients you must not spend money on eggs you must find you know and you must find a, you know, an, must find a, a cheaper alternative to why you mustn't ever celebrate because you know it, it's expensive to do so I'm very much about celebrate spend the money enjoy it enjoy earning it and enjoying the reward of having it but when you go to spend it do it intentionally so it's not based on an emotion of how you're feeling in the moment it's based on you making a decision you want to have that for the right reasons not just to satisfy that that transient feeling of
1: emotion and that's yeah, that's absolutely right. And I think people often think that working with a money coach, it's going to be they're going to tell me not to spend money or they're going to tell me that um, I need to make sure that everything's the cheapest possible value meal. That And like you say, it's absolutely not about that. It's about if that's what makes you happy, then do that. But if that is not what makes you happy, then do what does make you happy. And, do you know, it's about increasing your income so that you can get to the point that you have got enough money to spend on the things that make you happy. If going abroad four times a year makes you really happy, then it's not about saying, oh, well, we can't do that because it's ridiculous, because we don't have the money. It's about, right, well, how can we facilitate that? Can we bring in more money to do that? Or is there anything within our spending that really isn't adding that same value as as lying in a sun lounger sipping a cocktail. And it doesn't matter whether Jenny next door has got a new car. Um, If the new car means nothing to you, don't try and buy a new car to keep up with Jenny next door. You go and lie in your sun lounger and enjoy that and she can drive about in her car. It's fine. It's just whatever makes you happy. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How has your
0: philosophy
1: to life changed? Oh, I find spending money joyful now, whereas before, oh, I found spending money quite hard sometimes. And um, I especially found spending money on myself really hard eh, because I always felt guilty that there was something more sensible or more oh, future-looking that I could be doing with my money, whereas now... The way I do it now is I have got, I pay myself first. So I make sure that all those things that are important to me, which still are long-term security, that still is important to me. So I make sure that those pots are filled first. And then I make sure that the needs are covered. But then I have a pot of money that I can do whatever the places I like with. And I I, I enjoy spending that money. Whereas before, no, I wouldn't. I, I think I found spending money difficult. But now that I've got it all sorted out, and uh, well, all sorted out, you know, I don't think it's ever all sorted out. Wow. But there are there are moments that catch me. But um, yeah, I, I enjoy spending money because I know that I'm spending the things that make me happy. Absolutely, and- uh, Life is life is short, and life's to be enjoyed. And there needs to be a balance between saving for the future and having an absolute blast when you're here in the present. Oh, I agree with you. Absolutely agree with you. You know, I've spoke. I've spoken about this meme
0: before on the podcast, and it's a meme that I saw on Facebook, and it is showing this um, really scruffy, how would I put it, really thin, um, worn-out man, almost a skeleton, making his way into, skidding into a grave, basically. And saying something like, you know, phew, that was a ride. And (laughs) essentially talking about his life as being, you know, from kind of cradle to grave, that make the most of it, enjoy it. You don't want to be the richest person in the graveyard. You don't want to be the most well-preserved person in the graveyard. You want to look as though you have made the absolute most Of every minute of your life, essentially, and I I kind of carry that that image, you know, in my head
1: a lot of the time. Ah, yeah, no, that it is right, it is right, and it's about what you've also got to remember is that it's not about what other people see as being that kind of ideal life, and it's about what you see as being that ideal life, and. It is absolutely about maximizing your time and and maximizing your money and getting the most the most value for you out of that money. and that that doesn't mean like value as in getting cheapest. It means using your money to make you as happy as you possibly can absolutely and
0: and and do, doing it without kind of guilt or fear or compulsion to spend just recognising what it is and how it works for you, but more importantly, how
1: you can make it work for you. Yeah, yeah, and learning about it, learning about mindset and learning about the different kind of archetypes and or the different money personalities, depending on what taste you're doing, that, that um, brings that up for you. But finding out and just looking at it with an interested um, mindset around it and what can I learn from this and and how might some of these traits of my personality, they're not bad traits, they're just your traits and they're just the way they are. But how can you um, maximise the ones that are positive and how can you minimise the ones that are negative? And it's just about learning about them and trying to make sure that you can... Um, reach a good balance in life. And like my accumulator tendency, it's it's a good tendency because I am not going to run out of money. Well, I'm hopefully not going to run out of money. The (laughs) way the stock market's going the now I might. Um, (laughs) But my my intention was always to be able to help my kids through uni and to be able to leave teaching at 55. And at one stage I thought that I wasn't going to be able to do either. But those two things still remain really important to me. And through learning, through taking chances that perhaps my accumulator brain would never have let me take um, because I've learned that, okay, that's that person trying to keep you safe here. But you've got to take a wee chance in life. We've bought a couple of rental properties, which it took me a long time to get to that stage. Um, But hopefully... Hopefully they are going to pay off and bring me an income as well that'll um, allow me to leave teaching because because I only teach part time my teaching pension's rubbish, um, so yeah it's about it's about learning about yourself your strengths your weaknesses and trying to maximise those strengths and see what you can do to minimise those weaknesses. Absolutely. What What do you wish you knew when you were younger about money that you know now? Okay, so what I wish I'd done was, because when I started teaching, um, I started paying into stocks and shares ISAs, or there wouldn't be stocks and shares ISAs then, but started investing in the stock market then. Then I had one child and suddenly, oh, I didn't have enough money to do that. But, oh, I'll once, once things settle down, once I get a pay rise, I'll keep putting money in. Did I? No. No, of course I didn't. So I then spent a good, oh... 15, 15 15-ish, 16 years not investing in the stock market. And for me, if I had done that long term and continued to just pay that relatively small amount, in actual fact, if I'd continued to do that over that period of time, then I wouldn't have had to make decisions that I'm making now because, so yeah, that would be my advice. As soon as you're 18, start investing um, and see where that goes. Absolutely.
0: But I've also read recently, too, about pensions that parents can start for babies uh-huh. as soon yeah. as they're born. And I think that's yeah. a brilliant idea. And I think it, it was a really small amount of money the parents had to pay in that essentially the child would be a millionaire at 61, 62, something yeah. like that. And yeah. imagine just having that. That, that you know that that amount of money the parents had been investing for you that was just left then basically until you were 61 62 what a hell that would be
1: to so many people now oh totally totally and it's i think people don't understand the power of a the stock market and b of compound interest and what then happens and how that that money then generates more money and it it just grows and grows, and I think people need to to investigate that and see where they are. And obviously, just now the stock markets are having a bit of a hit just now, um, but it's a sale, so yeah, uh, buy more exactly.
0: And, th- and that's
1: you know that's exactly the way to look
0: at it. You know, a story I've told on the podcast before, but I'll tell it again because it reinforces the message that you've said there. Um, I um I I coach a year ten group. Um, in a school in Wiltshire on financial literacy. And there is four units to the programme. I take the fourth unit, which is all about our relationship with money. And the first first two units are taken by um, a young man. He is now 30, 31. He lives out in Hong Kong. When he was 14, his dad gave him... um, a lump sum of money. His dad fully expected him to blow that sum of money and that was going to be the life lesson. Yep. He didn't know his child very well. His child decided to invest that lump sum of money and it is now worth six and a half thousand percent, six and a half thousand percent more than when his dad gave him the money. He is set up for life because he he taught himself to understand compound interest and the benefits of compound interest. So you can imagine the class of children that he's teaching, he gives them a dummy account as well to manage for themselves to, to see that how a relatively small amount of money can lead to a significant return. And I think for lots of us, you know, we think of compound interest from our school days and go, oh, that's boring, without yeah. actually realising, yeah, it might be boring, but it can make you incredibly, incredibly comfortable, incredibly rich, if you just take the time to understand the returns on that investment. Okay,
1: no, that's massive. That's huge. So yeah. is, that, is that a course that you have developed yourselves or yeah. is that a course that you're teaching wow no of no, course we've developed ourselves and
0: it's actually now been turned into a six-week course so a cohort comes in for six weeks gets taken through the program then the next cohort comes in and is taken through the program and we're hoping you know to roll it out uh, on, on a on a bigger basis but this is the, the pilot, essentially. We're into the wow. second year of it now. Absolutely. And I so, so wish that I had had this as a child of their age, because yep. what they're learning and one of the exercises I take them through is to be imagining it's 10 years time and to get them to be thinking about what they're going to be earning where they're going to be working, what car they're going to be driving, what kind of things they're going to be wearing, where they're going on holiday, etc., etc.? They get really, really excited yeah. thinking about their future, and then I flip it back to the, the personal responsibility. Yeah. Everything you're doing now, it's that that's going to be deciding, are you going to be having that life that you've just got really, really excited designing? and i yep. think when you can start to make those connections you can then make your action intentional in terms of delivering that
1: that future self that you have just designed for yourself yep now, oh, that is lovely and as a teacher i'm like oh my goodness this is what we need and to me this is the route out of poverty yep. I agree. For people, yeah, it's 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 helping people to understand how the actions that they take can help them to create a better life for themselves, and and how children they don't need to follow in their parents' footstep, they don't need to follow in the family footstep, and how trying hard, learning, absolutely, absolutely brilliant. In fact, I met a kid the other day who I can't say too much about, but his family is living in poverty in our local town he's got a job in a local supermarket and he's had that job since he would be 16 and he is now set on a path and I spoke to him the other day; he's just left 60 I spoke to him the other day and oh my goodness he knows where he is going and he knows that he does not want to stay in the same path um, that his family are on and I am absolutely convinced that he will achieve that mm-hmm. but it it takes quite a strong young person to be able to do that, but inspirational stories like you're going in and helping these children with that is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Love that. Well, I just
0: got a real flutter in my stomach, then, as you said, what you did about what that, you know, what that young man is doing. And I think that is the power of being able to be in charge of your mindset and actually be taking responsibility for your future and not just almost passing that responsibility on to somebody else being able to action what you want for yourself rather than feeling for want of a better term you know a victim of your circumstances
1: yeah, you're absolutely right. And the more that we can help people to realise that they've got the power within their own hands, and support people and help them to to make those changes, because it's not always easy. And we need people, um, we need people round about us, surrounded by positivity and and stories of inspiration, rather than, I mean, the news. Goodness me, I, I've just stopped. I've just stopped. Yeah. I don't watch the news anymore mm-hmm. because it depresses me so much. I normally read BBC top 10 each day. Um, hmm, I think I might even stop reading that because it really, and it does drag you down and being surrounded by that negativity. And if you're in a group of friends or a workplace where everyone is negative and where the conversations are based around the situation we're in in this country, the situation we're in in Europe, all of that, you can just become so bogged down in it that you don't think you can do anything to change. Whereas it's about seeking out those positive influences and reading those positive stories and letting your mindset help you to to change your life and do whatever the blazes you want. Absolutely. You, You and I are so
0: on the same page with that because I have been so irritated by the media not yeah. taking responsibility for the rhetoric that they have developed, you know. I, you know, I know I do a solo um, podcast every other podcast episode, and at the beginning of July, I was so incensed by what was going on. I normally plan my solo episode quite closely, just literally went record <laughs> because the the media, I believe, is in part, and a large part, responsible for us possibly being in recession or definitely heading towards recession, because they have created that sense of fight, flight, or freeze. And when people are fearful, they will largely freeze and do nothing. And that's what creates a recession, when we suddenly hold on to what we have exactly, and don't spend the money. So the money is not getting into the economy. And that is what is causing a large part of what is happening is the meat and the media should take far more responsibility because they are not fortune tellers. It's not their job to crystal gaze. It is their job to report facts, not their version, which is, is fiction. And I think if you are of a mindset where you are easily swayed or not of strong opinion about yourself, then you are really, really in danger of being swayed in a way that is not going to be helpful to you, your mindset or your your current situation. And I think for all of us, It should be about personal responsibility and not sitting back and hoping that somebody else is going to come over the the hill on their white charger to save us because they're not going to come and save us. And I think everything that you said there. Really, as you can see, <laughs> really, really resonates with me because I think that it's far too much being done to talk down
1: rather than talk up personal responsibility. Yep, I I totally agree with you there, and I think that I think that we all need to do the things that are going to help us to move forward, and that there's also that kind of feeling that people who maybe are kind of in the middle and have got a wee bit of money, but maybe not enough and still panicking about the future and things. I think sometimes they don't do the right things because they feel guilty that there are other people who are worse off than them. And therefore, right, if I just don't do anything, then it keeps me in that kind of position. And I'm saying, but us doing nothing doesn't help the people who've not got enough to make ends meet everybody needs to be responsible and then if everybody can if everybody who has got some money can grow their wealth then we can solve the problems of poverty but by sitting everybody sitting frozen doing nothing about it it, it makes no difference to anybody, no. and just pulls more people into that kind of mire. And we want to avoid that. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In your
0: business, what are you finding at the moment is, what is driving people to want to talk to a money coach?
1: I think people are fed up trying to do it on their own. I think the. Don't really know. They've tried all the things. They've tried um making us making a budget. They've tried uh, cutting all their expenses. They've tried um meal planning and getting their shopping as cheap as they possibly can, do you know? And they're still stuck. And they still don't understand why. They spend money that they don't mean to. They still don't understand why they spend money, then feel really guilty about it. They still don't understand why they feel as if they don't have enough, even though they've got money in the bank. And I think people are beginning to realise that actually it's maybe not about the money. Mm. It's actually maybe about the person. And I think they don't really they don't really know where to start with that. So they maybe seek the the help from a money coach. I still think people are surprised that the mindset stuff is the game changer. And Absolutely. it totally is. Yeah. It's it's nothing to do with the money. It's calculators, figures, all of that. You can put it away. It's to do with your, your head. It's to do with the way you feel. It's to do with the way you present yourself. It's to do with your confidence. And once people start to realize that and have the courage to start digging into that, That's the game changer. That's when we can really change lives. Absolutely. Yeah,
0: absolutely. You know, my children laugh at me. So I'll, so I'll say something to them, and then they'll they'll roll their eyes and they'll say, <laughs> "Mum, you're going with that mindset stuff again." Say, <laughs> yeah, I said, "Yeah, no, but it works, doesn't it?" And even uh-huh. they admit, "Yes, it absolutely works." So I think I know I'm being successful when my children are kind of recanting back to me the things I've said to them previously. Uh-huh. But you are, you know, you are so right. You know, I've heard many it said many a time. You know, I said successful business is 20% strategy and 80% mindset. And right. I, I definitely, if you believe you can, then you will find a way to do it. If you believe you you can't, then you do everything you can to prove yourself right there as well, basically. So I think that that is very, very true. So how can people connect
1: with you, Eileen? So probably the best place to start is to look on my website, which is yourmoneysorted.co.uk. Or pop over and see me on Facebook and it's um, Your Money Sorted on Facebook or I've got a free Facebook group, which is Your Money Sorted for Teachers. And um, that's where you can find me.
0: Brilliant. And all those details will be in the show notes so people can easily find you. Thank you very much for today. I love loved our conversation. It's really nice for me to connect with another money coach and for us to really see how
1: well we resonate with each other. So thank you for your time today. My absolute pleasure. No, I, I really enjoy chatting about money and all things money, especially with with people like yourself who are coming at it from the same point of view as me, it's it's fabulous. So thank Thank you very much for having me. Pleasure, Thank thank you. Thanks very much
0: for listening to the latest episode of the Let's Talk Money and More podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you would like to better understand your relationship with money, then please head to the resources section on my website, the Money Confidence Academy, and download my monthly Money Mindset Audit. This will allow you to create a benchmark for where your relationship with money is right now and allow you to continue to measure it on a monthly basis as you do the inner work to improve it. You will also find a copy of my money archetypes assessment at the same time, which will allow you to start to really understand which are your three primary money archetypes driving your relationship with money and how to use this information to make spend keep and invest more money or if you are a female online business owner why not join my free money confidence community over on facebook a link to the group and other ways to connect with me can be found in the show notes finally if you have enjoyed listening to the podcast please do tell others about it and i would love it if you rated it and gave a review